wonderful show is Keeping up with the Joneses Ask me why I'm so excited <laughs> Why are you so excited? Because I just ate DeSano's pizza Yes, you did <laughs> We have had a fantastic week intermingled with some very hard parts, correct? That's correct. Um, if you were listening to the podcast last week, you would have heard that a friend of ours died super suddenly. Yeah. He was 30 years old, just turned 30. Him yeah. and his wife were about to move into their new home. And to everyone's shock, he literally just dropped dead. Yeah. And the autopsy revealed nothing. Yeah, absolutely nothing. And then we had a memorial service this Thursday. So that's kind of overshadowed the whole week. Yeah, it definitely has. It's been uh, difficult to process. Yeah, but it is amazing how the memorial service brings a sense of, uh, and I know I don't mean closure, but it it makes you face the fact that everybody that you know who knew him were all there to honor his life, and that does something. Yeah, and there was lots to honor about him, and it's amazing when you know where he is and you know it's a way better place. It does it does really help. You know, it's like, okay, this isn't what we wanted, but, you know, he's happy. Right. So, yeah, it, it was, was a hard week. It was a very hard week, but it was great to see everybody at the memorial service. It was, yeah. And it did something in my heart, which I wasn't expecting it to. And And, and that thing was just the... Okay, because I think I was in disbelief. I, I made a comment. I had the privilege of sharing at his memorial. And I said, it's really hard to say goodbye to someone you can't believe is gone. Yeah. And I think that's the the closure that I'm talking about, that you come to the realization that, okay, he is not here. Yeah. It it still doesn't seem real, though, in some ways, does it? Like, I no, still kind of expect to see him tomorrow night. Um, let's talk about good stuff that happened. Okay. I had the privilege of speaking at The Belonging, an amazing church in Nashville. Yeah, it really is a great church. We'll, we'll talk a little bit more about that in a second. Food-wise, I already mentioned that we had DeSanos. Tell everybody about DeSanos Pizza, because I don't think we've talked enough about it on the podcast. <laughs> well, it is really good pizza, and that's from somebody who doesn't like pizza. Right. You I'm, don't like pizza traditionally. I am not a pizza fan. I never crave pizza. If somebody offers me pizza, I'm usually like, ah, oh, can we eat something else? Except for DeSanos Pizza. And what's so good about DeSanos Pizza? I don't even know. It's yes, you do. It's a secret sauce. Well, they ship all their ingredients in from Italy, like including their flour and all that kind of stuff. So it doesn't make my stomach feel jippy like other right. pizzas do. So all of their meat, their tomatoes, their um, cheese, Basil, flour, everything. salt, all imported weekly from Italy. Yes. And then their ovens, which weigh 6,000 pounds each. They had them shipped in. Yes. And it's made from the rock of Mount Vesuvius. Which obviously must make for better pizza. I mean... How hot did the ovens get? 900 degrees, I think. And you only cook for like a minute and a half. Right. 90 seconds, your pizza's done. Astonishing pizza. If you're ever in Nashville, you need to go to DeSano's. It's called DeSano's Bakery, which is weird (laughs) because I guess guess they do bake pizza. (laughs) You know what my revelation about pizza was tonight? What was your... (laughs) Yes, I do. What was your revelation about pizza? Pizza is basically an open-faced taco. Wow. So I the break Italian people would be so proud. <laughs> I break my taco diet for pizza. <laughs> On the topic of food, we also ate at the Butcher Town Hall. We did. Any place where they serve you a large platter of meat on a cutting board is a good place in my books. <laughs> the menu basically is pick whichever pound of meat you would like. Yes. And the sides that come with it. Yes. And we'll serve you on a wooden slab. It's true. Oh, I'm and like, 
I have to Sign say, their Brussels sprouts are outstanding. Things you never thought you'd say. I never thought I'd say that, but it's, yeah, really good. And then our weather was crazy. Last week, we were snowed in for three days. It's true. This week, <laughs> me and Abby went for a bike ride because it was 70 degrees. Yeah, it's crazy weather. Totally crazy. I saw um, Caroline Hallam posted on Facebook a picture of her feet today out in the sunshine and last week at this time in snow boots out in the snow. <laughs> I was like, yes, that is how weird our life is right mm-hmm. now. And I think MJ's turning into a prophetic weatherman. He, he might be. He woke up this morning. He's like, daddy, it's going to storm today. And I was like, it's not going to storm today. And then put him down for bed, looked at the weather forecast. It's predicting storms for tonight. Well, we should start paying attention to that child then, huh? We really should. See yeah. if you can get the lottery numbers. <laughs> Just pick out some numbers. Any numbers, MJ. No reason. Ha <laughs> <laughs> um, You had your head down this week. Like, yes. We were reviewing the week and I realized I went out lots. You stayed home. Yes, which is never that good for me. No, you get cabin fever pretty I am quick. I'm not a homebody at all. But yeah, I had a lot to get done this week. So it, it is what it is. Yeah, you were helping organize the memorial service. Yeah. And then obviously running our family. But you were also preparing a teaching on Romans, which you're, you're going to start tomorrow. Did you? Did we talk about your teaching on Ephesians? I don't know. I can't remember, actually. That was a couple of weeks ago, maybe two weeks ago. But what did you do in Ephesians? Um, we went verse by verse through the book of Ephesians. Um, You're like a boss. Thank you. Thank you. And uh, and that's what we'll start tomorrow with the year two students. We'll start going verse by verse through the book of Romans. Just super exciting. I mean, I love it. I get the more I read it, the more excited I get, the more encouraged I get. Well, what I love about you is when we started designing year two, right at the outset, you said, I want to teach the book of Romans verse by verse and the book of Ephesians verse by verse. Yeah. And I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. And then you put the rubber to the road and did it. Yeah. I have taught through Ephesians once before, but it was about 15 years ago uh, in a Bible study, like just in a random Bible study of like, hey, who wants to get it more into the word? Okay, let's look at Ephesians. And I haven't done it since then. And I had no notes, but I just was like, I love the book of Ephesians. And then I love Romans. I mean, you know what I mean? I love I do it with Song of Solomon as well. I, right. I just It's fun. All right. So our topic for this week yeah. comes out of the fact that I was teaching at The Belonging this week. Mm-hmm. First of all, let's talk about The Belonging and Alex and Henry. Alex and Henry are amazing. They're from Melbourne, Australia, and they won the green card lottery, didn't they? Like four years ago or right. something like that. And so they just up and moved here. And uh, he's a music producer and a worship leader and, and that kind of stuff. And uh, and they just started collecting people. I, I'm telling this story. Maybe I'm wrong, but from what I remember, and from what I understand, is they just were kind of they. I think they were kind of alarmed at how many Christians weren't in church or had been burnt out on church or because of their travel schedule didn't go to go to church, and so they just started meeting in their house, and yeah. soon it grew so large that they couldn't contain the number of people in their house. Yeah. And then they moved to meeting at Rocket Town, which is a venue here in Nashville. And now they're, I mean, they're doing a phenomenal job. They started on Tuesday nights. They've now started a whole second service. Which is almost full. Like, they're going to have to get out of Rocket Town soon, I would think. On they're a just Sunday packed. night. And anyway, they're, they're real pastors, real leaders, super humble, super meek. Uh, we've loved getting to know them. And they, they're a married couple, and so they pass it together, and... 
I guess they have been finding that other people have been finding that difficult. And so they'd heard that we do teaching on women in ministry. So they said, Alan, would you come and teach on women in ministry? Of course, I'd love to. And so we had the great joy of going up there Tuesday and tonight. Just We just finished teaching there, went for pizza, came home. You did a fantastic job as well, babe. Say that again, but louder. (laughs) You did a fantastic job. Thank you. I, I really, obviously I love teaching. Obviously I love teaching that topic. And we've had a bunch of people ask us to share on women in ministry on the podcast. The The trouble with that is it's one of those topics that needs a systematic teaching, not a conversation, which is why we haven't done it. Do you know what I mean? Just to, to kind of talk about women in ministry on the podcast, you'd be leaving large gaping holes, yeah. which wouldn't do the topic, the service, and to teach on it would probably take a minimum of an hour, an hour and 10 minutes. Right. Right. Which maybe we'll produce some teaching on that that's that people don't have to come to church and hear. Yeah. Um but it was a lot of fun to be able to share and they got great worship. They're just a great vibrant oh, church. Yeah. We a, love it. It's a stellar team. They're mm-hmm. just all amazing. There's lots of SOSL graduates as well around, which, which is, is wonderful. great. So lots I of think, hugs and stuff. <laughs> I think that they streamed the service. If they did, and if you're interested, I'll put a link in the show notes. And so if you're interested, you can go watch it. I'll see if I can find that. Anyway, I'll say this a little bit. For those of you who don't know me, don't know my views on women in ministry, I was raised in a church environment that didn't support women in ministry. And by that, I mean, we didn't have women who taught and we didn't have women who were leaders. I'm now married to a woman preacher and half our staff at Grace Center are women. And I actively encourage, train and release women in ministry. So So you've come a long way, really. Yeah, so something changed. (laughs) And that's what I shared on. But in preparation for sharing, I said, hey, guys, this is a really important topic to me for three reasons. One, uh, you know, what I just said. Two, actually, some of the biggest breakthroughs in my life have come through women. Yeah. And if I hadn't settled the issue of women in ministry, it's possible I would have missed what God had for me because I didn't like the conduit in which it came. Yeah, for sure. And then third of all, I just think it's a vital topic for the church. I think part of the reason we're not as effective as we could be is half our workforce isn't allowed to speak, uh, yeah, depending on your church background. Yeah. So I thought it would be fun tonight to talk about some of the pivotal moments in life that involved women. Okay, let's do it. Do you want to go first or do you want me to go first? Um, I can go first. Okay, go for it. I think probably the first um, person or people that I would talk about are uh, my cousin Jana and my aunt Joan. They were the first ones for me that, you know, well, they prayed me into the kingdom. Um, My aunt was the first really super prophetic person I ever encountered who would have crazy dreams about things that were happening in my life and come and love me enough to confront me. And, you know, um, Jana, of course, prayed for me every single day for I don't know, seven or eight years until I got saved and invited me to every youth retreat. And, you know, if it wasn't for those two, I probably wouldn't have gotten saved, you know, because they were just persistently pursuing me and loving me even when I was horrific. So pretty pivotal then. Fairly pivotal. Yeah. Fairly pivotal. And even, you know, going forward from there, Janice uh, and Anna and Joan have been huge cheerleaders um, of me and just really as I would press into God and and do things like, oh gosh, I think maybe God's calling me to speak. They'd be like, yeah, go for it. You know? So, um, just, uh, yeah, amazing, um, 
amazing people in my life and I'm so thankful for them. Very good. Mm-hmm. Who's your first one? My first one is my mother. Ah. I'm sure if she was alive, she'd be tickled pink to think that she was <laughs> a pivotal woman in ministry. <laughs> But here's the thing, she was in ministry. She didn't teach or preach, although I bet she would have been amazing at it. Oh, she, she would have been. An excellent teacher. But what she modeled for me was the ministry of helps and hospitality. Yeah. You know, whatever you grew up with, you consider normal. Right. Our house was constantly filled with people. Right. Always. I mean, I, it was rare that we did not have people several times a week for lunch, for dinner. My mother was just such a high influencer and she was always welcoming what we would call waifs and strays into our house. And didn't a lot of those waifs and strays end up giving their lives to the Lord? Yeah, many of them. But my mom was this equal opportunity lover of all people. Yeah. And we would always have people in our house to the point where I just thought that was normal. New person at church, guaranteed they're at our house for lunch. Visiting speaker, guaranteed they're at our house for lunch. So I just grew up with this assumption that everybody was hospitable. And, you know, it was unfair because my mother's benchmark for hospitality was astonishing. So I think my joy for having people stay in our house, my joy for even looking after the speakers when they come to Gray Center, just hospitality in general came from my mom. It left an incredible mark on my life. You know that verse in Hebrews that says some people have entertained angels unaware? Yeah. I don't know how many angels my mom had in her house just because right. the number of people that we had <laughs> to stay, to eat, that sounds terrible, to share you, our meal with. You didn't actually eat them. N- not okay. to my recollection. I just thought I should clarify. <laughs> but yeah, my mom just... And then that other verse, whatever you do, work unto the Lord. That was my mom's life verse. Everything she did was for the Lord. Yeah. And so that left a huge impact on me. Yeah. So there you go, mom. Bet you didn't think I'd say that, but you were a huge impact to me. All right. My number two, or I guess three, I don't know where I am now, uh, would be Carol Arnott. Okay. Twinsies. You're saying Carol as well. I'm saying Carol. You tell some Carol stories, I'll tell some. Well, I think for me, watching Carol from before um, the revival started and after and just watching her let God transform her and let uh, God speak to her about who she was actually called to be and then go after those things and actually start speaking and start doing all the things she never did before right. um, was such an encouragement to me. And then on, in addition to that, she was just a spiritual mom to me that really you know, her and John together really loved me back to life, but she loved me enough to call me on my junk. And, um, she loved me enough not to look away, you know, to actually go, Hey, you know what, that thing that you just did right there, that wasn't great. And, you know, and here's why, and you know, that kind of stuff. So, um, she, she never pushed her way in, but she knew that she had an in, you know, and she, she just, I don't know, she's, she's brilliant at loving others. Yeah, I, you know, obviously had the incredible privilege, which I still can't quite believe that I got to do this, but traveling around the world with John and Carol mm-hmm. was such a gift from God to me. It's very, very hard for us to quantify the impact John and Carol had in our life. Yeah. But I would absolutely say John and Carol, because I learned tons from Carol. Yeah. I learned from Carol deliverance. Mm-hmm. I learned from Carol <laughs> keys to healing. Yeah. She is one of the biggest cheerleaders we have in life. Every time we speak to her, we're constantly encouraged. Yeah. I, I remember one story that just made me 
really, really laugh, and I still enjoy in hindsight, was we were ministering, well, we weren't, they were ministering at Holy Trinity Brompton. It was a 10-year revival. Um, anniversary. Yeah, it was a 10-year anniversary of the outpouring at Holy Trinity Brompton. So John and Carol were there, the church was packed, and it was kind of pandemonium. There was just manifestations left, right, and center, and John was preaching, and there's so much noise. There was a guy prophesying so loudly. There was a woman speaking in tongues. There was I mean, there was a guy up in the balcony going, whoop, 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 whoop. You know, I was just like, what is going on? Mm. And I remember halfway through the service, just me leaning over to Carol and just saying, Carol, can I be honest? Sometimes I can't tell if a manifestation is the Holy Spirit, somebody's flesh, or demonic. And Carol just leaned over to me and said, I'll let you into a little secret. I still can't sometimes. And right about that time, John was doing a closing altar call. And as soon as he mentioned the name Jesus, some woman stood up in the middle and started effing and blinding in the middle of the church. And I remember Carol leaning over to me going, pretty sure that one's demonic though. (laughs) (laughs) But you know, Carol taught me never to be scared of the devil. Yeah. But I mean, both of them did. But I remember so many times... Carol would just go for it in deliverance. You know, there's somebody rolling around on the floor, snarling, and the ministry team would be too scared to go near the person. Carol would just like wade over like this lioness and cast out this demon and just so, and then even behind the scenes, watching Carol prepare to speak and just watching on her utter reliance on the Holy Spirit. You would imagine 10 plus years, now 20 plus years with the Holy Spirit, just this automatic assumption that everything's going to be great, but no, just this gentle utter reliance on the Holy Spirit to show up. She would just say, Holy Spirit, if you don't show up, I'm just a little lady with nothing. And yeah. I, just her humility and yeah. the, her love for Jesus. I just love that she, her ego never, ever gets in the way of what, what she's trying to do. And she's yeah. just fearless. I love her to pieces. Yeah. yeah. She also has a remarkable ability to drink horrible, noxious fluids if somebody tells them that they're healthy. Oh my gosh. <laughs> It's possibly like, the only here, drink thing this. wrong. I'd with rather her. not. <laughs> I remember we did a candida cleanse together, me and yeah. Carol. And she would make me drink this tincture called Para A and Para B. I mean, it was single handedly the worst thing I've ever put in my body. But she would just drink it. I'd be like, what is wrong with you? And uh, I think I nearly died on that cleanse. It was fun to watch. All right. You got Carol on it. I piggybacked on that. I've got somebody that I don't know if most of our listeners would even know who it is, maybe a small group of people in Glasgow. Pauline Welsh was a student at the School of Ministry in Toronto, originally hailed from Glasgow, was at Glasgow Elam, a church that I would drive through and sneak into and get filled with the Holy Spirit. And I remember one time we were at a conference, I forget what the conference was, but she came up to me and somewhat timidly gave me a prophetic word that completely changed my life. She came up, She, I think she'd done the school, and she, you know, gave me a prophetic word and just said, Alan, when I looked at you earlier, I saw the word move written over your head. Somewhat simple word. Right. But that word caused me to move to Toronto. I took aside some time. I prayed. I fasted. Uh, I set aside a couple of days in Glasgow, actually, to just go and be away with the Lord and prayed through it. And the Lord, out of that one word that she gave me, gave me a blueprint for the rest of my life. Wow. And the first step of that was to move to Toronto. I just prayed and said, Lord, what do you think? Out of that, wrote a nine-page letter to my elders and said, this is what I'm thinking of doing. But again, it was her simple word that caused an absolute pivotal change in my life. Wow. So, well done, Pauline Welsh. Just an example. Thanks, Pauline. <laughs> just an example <laughs> of somebody being faithful 
giving a word that might not have meant sense to her or didn't seem that prophetic or that profound. Right. But had huge ramifications. You just never know, do you? High five, Pauline. Yeah, come on. Uh, my next one would be Patricia King. Oh, good one. We were talking about her tonight. <laughs> we were. So uh, Patricia King is a Canadian. She now lives in Phoenix, but um, she is somebody who the first time I met her, I think was uh, either late 94 or early 95. I think it was late 94. And she came and she did um, a three-week deliverance school. Now that sounds like fun. Right. And there was, I think there's 20 or 25 of us that had signed up for it. And, um, and she just taught all this stuff and it was amazing. Um, but it was really fun too, because I'd never seen anybody that knew the word like she did. Right. She's amazing. She, uh, you know, like she does, but I mean, I'm just thinking in terms of the memory, but, um, I remember there was a couple of guys who were uh, in Bible college who I maybe had a, they maybe had a hard time that, you know she was teaching although they had signed up to come to it so whatever but they would try and like throw her a loop what do you think about this verse and they'd pick some obscure verse and patricia without even opening her bible would go well you need to look at the context of that verse what you'll find is the verse before says this and the verse after says this and the whole overall of the chapter says this and you know and i just remember looking at her going i want to know the word like that you know right and then when it came to the end of the, I thought like the final week of the school was actually her and some of her team members who flew out uh, were going to do a deliverance session with each one of the students that had been on the school. It was like a two hour deliverance session. Right. And so I showed up, you didn't know who was doing your deliverance. And, and I ended up with Patricia and um, a woman named Ruth. And so I went in the room and she just said, the Lord said, um, not to do deliverance. I had gotten a lot of deliverance during the school already. Right. Um, but I was, but to prophesy over you. So she said, I spent last night writing out things that the Lord was saying about you. And so for two hours, she just prophesied over me. And at the end of it, um, she said, whenever we're in the same city, let's get together. You know, I just want to spend some time pouring into you. And she good, true to her word. Every time she came into Toronto, she would take me out for a meal. She never let me pay. If I was out her way, I would like let her know, hey, I'm coming to BC or, you know, whatever. And she'd be like, let's get together. She'd always pay. You know, she was just amazing. So she she had a pivotal impact on my life. When I first decided to go into ministry and, you know, start itinerating and stuff, she was like, yes. And she just sort of sat down with me and said, do this, don't do that. Think about doing this, you know. So she just always believed in me, always uh, was so positive and affirming and all that kind of stuff. So, um, yeah, I I just I'm so thankful for her. She also published my book. So, oh yeah, let's not forget that little chestnut. Yeah. So but, when when I wrote the book, she's so funny because I mean she didn't even know I'd written it, and I was literally praying about who do I publish with. I didn't know she had a publishing company, and um, I'm like. Lord, you know, what do I do? And she just phones randomly like, hey, I was thinking about you today. What's going on in your life right now? What, you know, what decisions (laughs) are you trying to make? Yeah. And I was like, oh dear. So I told her and she said, would you send it to me to read it? She said, you don't have to let me publish it. Let's, I just, I'd love to read it. And I guess she was just getting on a plane 
uh, as I sent it to her and she called me back about four hours later and she said, I've just read the whole thing. And it was 200 and something pages. Right. So she's like, I've just read the whole thing on the flight. Uh, it would be my honor to publish this, you know, and I'd love to do a round of edits. I mean, she was so encouraging. Because she said, I'll edit, you know, I'd love to do an edit for you, whether you publish with me or not for free. I just believe in the and project. And she did do that. Yeah. I mean, she was amazing. And so... Um, yeah, and then, she made some key suggestions, some really key really good pivotal stuff, changes. Yeah. yeah, I mean, she said, hey, AJ, not everybody has been spiritually parented as well as you have. So if you don't define in your book what you're looking for in a spiritual parent, people are going to end up being parented by people that shouldn't be having children. So I was like, oh. Do you know Patricia is one of the people out of everywhere we've gone, and every time we mention her name, we have never heard anything negative about Patricia, ever. No, I never have either. Everybody has something good to say about Patricia. She's amazing. Well, yeah, I mean, we know that, but that's, we still know amazing people that other people find fault with. True, But True. for her, I've only ever heard great reports, which is wonderful, a testimony to her character. Yeah. And I mean, her her life, her lifestyle is amazing. Like, she doesn't just talk about the prophetic, she's out on the streets all the time. Like, she's... She is fully living a supernatural life. It's just really inspiring. Are you ready for my last woman? I'm I'm ready for your last woman. That's a weird way of putting it. <laughs> well, we should that's a film title. <laughs> Are you ready for my last example of a woman who pivotally impacted my life? I with am. God? I am. I'm ready. Speaking of prophetesses. Yes. I it would be remiss to record this episode without talking about the incredible impact that Isabel Alam has had on my life. Yes. It is a tragedy that more people don't know about iPhone and Isabel Alam. It's true. Isabel Allam is one of my favorite people on the planet. She is absolutely adorable. One of the most astonishing prophetesses I have ever met. Mm -hmm. A life so caught up in the spiritual realm that it's borderline fantasy. <laughs> it is amazing the experiences oh, she's totally had amazing. with the Lord. Yeah. I've had some of the weirdest encounters and she and her husband are the first people I run to and say, okay, this happened to me. Can you help me? And she's like, oh, honey, that's totally normal. That happens to me all the time. And I'm like, <laughs> what is your life like? But I remember in 2003 meeting Ivan and Isabel. Everybody was excited because Ivan and Isabel come to the school and they prophesy over the students. Yeah. And honestly, they both gave me a prophetic word. That I was like, some prophets they are. They don't know anything. Okay. Because <laughs> nothing they said made sense. Right. And within six months, about 80 to 90% of everything they'd said. Because here's the thing, it didn't make sense because they were prophesying about the future. And you're living in the present. And I'm living in the present. I don't know my future. Yeah. And I was sharing at the belonging that I remember she came, she gave me a word and she was the one that prophesied, if it wasn't for her and Ivan, I would never have spoken to John and Carol. They prophesied my relationship with John and Carol. They prophesied me moving and staying in Canada. They prophesied my relationship with John and Carol. They prophesied our ministry. They, I mean, they literally prophesied emanate six or seven years before it ever happened. Right. They, I mean, they're just astonishing. And I remember her saying, and I thought it was a figure of speech. She was saying, hey, you're going to go through the season, and in that day you will say, and then she said a couple of sentences and I thought that she was just being metaphorical or you know by those words she was conveying a sentiment or a sense of how I'd be feeling right I was shocked that maybe six seven eight months later I was journaling with the Lord one day and I was writing out my prayer to the Lord and I was written writing out these words I, was I realized man those words seem familiar and so I went back and found the recorded transcript of her word and it was word for word verbatim Wow. She prophesied 
what I was going to say in the future. And so just having Ivan and Isabel as people in my life where I've been able to email them and say, hey, I'm making this decision, could you help me? Or, hey, I had this experience with the Lord, could you help me? Hey, you know, I'm. this is my encounter that I just had with some heavenly beings, could you help me understand that? Just to have people of that caliber explain those things. Plus, every time we meet, they give us a prophetic word that's either sent us in a radical direction or confirmed the radical direction we've just changed. So, an amazing gift to the body of Christ, a, a tremendous prophet, and a wonderful follower of Jesus. I think what's amazing is it's very easy to be wowed by their prophetic gift. Yeah. It's like sky high. Yeah. But what's more impacting than their incredible prophetic gift is the love they exude, the love they have for Jesus, and the love of Jesus that exudes from them is unbelievable. I was just thinking about that conference a couple of years ago. That's probably more than a couple of years ago now where uh, Isabel came for the pastor's conference and for one session, all she did was hug people. She didn't prophesy over them. She just hugged them and there was a lineup and she just stood there for like six hours and hugged people. Right. It was amazing. That's Isabel. Yeah. All right. Who's your last person? Well, it was hard because I was thinking, I I thought of this person immediately. I mean, I was surrounded in Toronto by women in ministry, you know, so, you know, whether it's Sarah, who's been on the podcast, or, you know, Kathy or Lindley, they're all people, they're all women that were in ministry and impacted my life. But I was thinking about Jenny Sanford, and uh, her last name is now a different last name that starts with an N that I can't pronounce, which is horrible. Atta girl. I know. Um, but uh, Jenny was one of those people that would... When you were believing a lie, she would call it a lie to your face, you know, and and nicely, well, if nicely didn't work, she'd be a little bit more blunt, but she just, I think she taught me how to be a friend. You know, she just was such a good friend to me in, in, in hard times. And, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm just grateful to her for the way that she just would, she's, she's a one-on-one minister, but she can also minister to the crowd. You know, when I think of Jenny Sanford, who's no longer called that, that's her maiden name, I think of one of the most healed up people I can think of, an example of a healed up person. She's amazing. She is so whole and so confident in God's love for her. Yeah. And is truly a releaser of life. I remember yeah. Somebody saying about her that there's nobody that can do one-on-one ministry like Jenny Sanford. She's remarkable. And, and she's not in a hurry for you to agree with her. She's no. happy for you to move at whatever pace, you know, God's moving at with you and she'll just support you. I mean, she's just And amazing. tremendous fun. Oh, she's so much fun. She's so much fun. I get scared when you're around her. Because <laughs> I'm like, She's the person I've happen? gone whitewater rafting with. Yeah. Like I've done all kinds of crazy things. She is just, yeah. She's the package deal. She's super wise, yeah. super fun. Yeah. Just tremendous. Yeah. I I really miss her. I wish she lived closer. Maybe you could give her a prophetic word that tells her to move here. Um, I think that's called manipulation, but I'm willing to give it a shot. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I've got some listeners' questions, and we are way behind our listeners' questions. Oh, I'm sorry. No. I'm Everybody so sorry. who sent in a question and we haven't got to, I promise we're going to work through a backlog. 
Here's one of them. This is from Mariana, and it's a question for you, AJ oh, Jones. Okay. She says, Hi, AJ. I'm almost done reading your book, mm-hmm. Finding Father. It's been amazing. I'm writing to ask you about the heavenly encounter that you mentioned you had. You were either at a conference or a church meeting, and someone who was anointed in that area prayed over you, and you had an open vision of heaven. Can you tell me which conference you went to or who the person was that prayed for you? I can. Uh, it wasn't a conference. It was a closed meeting. And the person that prayed for me was Isabel Allen. Ta-da. <laughs> uh, the, is, the Isabel that Allen was referring to a little while ago. Um, and it was, uh, she was doing a seminar or her and Ivan were doing a seminar for the church staff in Toronto on um, third heaven encounters, open heaven type stuff. And then she prayed for us all. And I had a encounter where the Lord took me to heaven and showed me a whole bunch of stuff. So, Isabel Allen. I just love how matter-of-factly you say that. That's pretty cool. Yeah, and then I just had a heavenly revelation. No big deal. (laughs) Um, We'll put a link in the show notes to Ivan and Isabel so you can learn more about that. Yeah, if they're in your area, you want to go to one of their meetings. They're amazing. Absolutely. If you'd like to ask us a question that we will not answer on air for quite some time, I'm kidding. (laughs) If you'd like to ask us a question, we promise we'll do our best to try and answer it. Uh, go to alanandaj.com slash ask. And as of today, the School of Supernatural Life at Grace Center that AJ and I have the great privilege of overseeing has now opened its applications for fall 2016. Hooray! That is September 2016. If you would like to come to the school, and we would so encourage you to do that. Our schools are life-changing and it's a great joy for us to watch our students change in the eight months that they spend with us. It starts in September. It runs through to April. It runs full-time on Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. You have the rest of the week off to work. You can find out more information. You can watch videos. You can read testimonies about students who've done it, endorsements from people who've taught in the school. If you go to gracecenter, all one word, dot U-S slash school. Why don't you pray about asking the Lord, Lord, would this September be a great time for me to go to the School of Supernatural Life? And reach out to us if you've got any questions about it. We'll talk about the school in upcoming episodes, but we'd love you to consider applying. I know a bunch of people had emailed us already uh, asking when they would be open, and the application is open now. And in addition to the first year, there's also a second year now as well. So we have a, a leadership and the word type year that follows the life uh, supernatural life type year. So, um, yeah, go ahead and pray about it and just ask the Lord. And, um, you know, if you find that you're getting a yes in your heart, but you're thinking about all the obstacles, just ask God to help you with the obstacles. He's great at that. All of our students have examples of obstacles that came up in their way and God helped them overcome. Yeah. Amazing. And you two could have stories just like that. Have a great week. Oh, we're done. Are we not? (laughs) Okay. We are. I just like the way you said it. Have a great week. (laughs) Guys, if you don't have a great week, AJ's going to be out. You must have a great week. (laughs) All right. We love you guys. Okay. We'll be with you next time. Yes. Bye. Faith, life, communication, tacos and video games. Paleo donuts and the kindness of God are things we deal with every day. From Franklin, Tennessee They are just like you and me Alan and AJ Keeping up with the Joneses Keeping up with the Joneses Sharing their life experiences Keeping up 
Joneses They talk about faith in God And everything under the sun If you are a human being There's something here for everyone